You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media app for outdoor enthusiasts. If you love to hunt, if you love to fish, camp, hike, if it has to do with the outdoors, you're going to love Go Wild. Now, here's how you download it. It's very simple. All you have to do is go to Google Play Store or wherever you download your apps Find it, search for Go Wild, download it, and instantly you will be part of the community. And what is this community all about? It is about the outdoors. You're going to love it. If you have more questions, check out the website, timetogowild.com, and uh, download the app. It's time to get wild. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 24 of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald. This week, my buddy Cody Ray Phillips is here in the studio, and he is talking with me about my 2018 rutcation trip that I took with my dad last week. We were able to get on a couple of really good Alabama public land bucks, and I'm talking about the strategies and tactics we used to get them. Enjoy the show. Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald, and I'm joined by one of my really close friends. Got to watch him grow up as a high schooler, and um, now I, I'm not really your boss, but kind of your kind of your oversight in a lot of ways. Hey Mr. dad. <laughs> I'm, your, I'm your dad. <laughs> uh, Cody phillips or otherwise known as cody ray what's up guys <laughs> cody is here uh, it was kind of a funny story getting cody here today like that wasn't even part of the plan but nope a lot of plans fell through <laughs> me and you worked all day today filming stuff for the church all and day. all day basically from the time the sun came up till the sun the sun went down we were working on filming stuff for christmas for the church, and uh, we both work at the church together. And uh, Michael is hunting right now. That kind of 
that was a new plan, a new development, I guess. He wasn't yeah. supposed to be deer hunting today, and uh, he ended up going because it was a good day for it. And he saw, dude, he saw some some deer today too. Finally, like got on a lot of a lot of activity. Saw some bucks. I don't, I didn't show you, Cody, but uh, Michael sent me a video of this deer. He Michael ground hunts yeah. pretty much exclusively, ground and ground. Uh, ground and pound, yeah. And this deer walks up like feet away from him Jeez. while he's sitting there. Looks at him, looks at the camera. Like, it was awesome. Like a buck? Uh, I think it was a doe, but he oh. did see some bucks today, wow. which is great. Which right now, where we hunt, you know, in, in the forest, like, it's uh, it's the time to be in the woods. Oh, absolutely. But I'm not in the woods. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I, I can't be there. Um, because... We're going to talk about that today, but uh, that's kind of the whole the whole purpose of this podcast. I really want to tell the story about my tag-out buck yeah. that I shot this past weekend. You're tagged out. Tagged out. Done, Ski. It's December, it's and de- you're tagged out. It's December. And, and And for a lot of guys, a lot of guys that are listening to this, they're probably like, yeah, December is the time when you need to be tagged out. But the, the, the fact is, is that in Alabama, the rut is so crazy, like, a lot of the, I saw a nine point chasing a doe last year on the last day of the season. Hmm. On February the 10th, I saw a, a buck like dogging a doe hard. So it's like. It's so sporadic over the state. Yeah. It's, like wherever you hunt, it ruts different, you know, different times. Everywhere. So yeah. All over the state. It's crazy. And so um, right now is the time, of the time of the year to be in the woods where I normally hunt. I'm not there. And honestly, like I feel really good about it. Like I'm. I feel like I ended my season on a good note. But you guys are going to get to hear about that here in just a little bit. Cody is going to interview me about my, um, my mine and my dad's rutcation trip. We took we started it last year. Going to try to make it an annual thing, uh, rutcation. And this year was just, dude, it was just absolutely insane. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but first, before we do that, we're going to get into um, just a huge appreciation moment for the people who bring you, the companies that bring you the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast every week. We could not do it without these companies. We will start with Tethered. Mm. Tethered. Tethered. They are, so Greg was actually one of the guys, he was going to interview me for this at lunch today, but because of our work stuff and kind of being behind on that, it did not work out. But Mr. Greg Godfrey, um, Mr. Ernie Powers, the guys over at Tethered, are just absolutely crushing it. And word on the street is that they're about to release something new. So oh, really, I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, I've, I've had it, I've had thought to, uh, to message, message old, old Greg and see, I'd see like if I know. can, see if I can get an inside scoop. But I do not know. I don't know what it is. That's exciting. Uh, yeah, it'll be pretty cool. So have I? Have you sat in a, ta- a saddle yet? I haven't, and I'm super jealous about it. I see so many people that have them and are successful with them, you being one of them. And, uh, dude, I really just want to get my butt in one of them. <laughs> it's comfortable, man. <laughs> it's bet. comfortable. I bet. Uh, and a lot of people don't believe me when I say how comfortable it is. Like, it is literally the most comfortable way I've ever hunted. It's super just convenient. Yeah, it's very convenient. Like, you can't beat how... I mean, like, so my uncle, Kevin, you know Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Uh, What's up, Kevin? We, went, we went hunting uh, last week. He came the, the first day of recreation with me and my dad. And uh, <laughs> he pulls up. We, we pull up at the boat ramp, and he gets in. And he's got this 
big, huge, massive API climber. <laughs> oh, man. It's like the Grand Slam climber or whatever. And Check I was out like, this, boy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it looks like you're carrying a recliner. Mm. Like, that thing is massive. It's like, I'm wearing my stand yeah. on my belt buckle. Yours is you in know? your pocket. Yeah, it's <laughs> in my pocket. It's like, I'm never going to look back. Yeah. I'm just never going to look back on that. Absolutely. Um, so, if you have not checked out Tethered, if you're interested in getting into saddle hunting, first off, you need to um, go to the tetherednation.com website, pick you up a saddle. You're not going to regret it. Like, you're just not going to regret it. I don't. I don't know anybody who sat in a manis and been like, eh, not for me. And at least not giving it, if they give it a, a fair amount of time to try it. Like, it's it's the best way to hunt. I killed, uh, I think, seven. I think I've killed seven deer out of my saddle. I think so. Wow. Every deer I've killed this year has been out of my saddle. That's a testament right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Like, it's amazing. I love it. So check it out. Um, you're not going to be disappointed. Number two is Onyx. Um, man, Onyx is some good stuff. Like I love Onyx. I love every. Like I literally pull it up every single day. I'm tagged out in Alabama not right now. I've moved to Florida because I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to Florida over Christmas. I'm like, how could I possibly hunt these swamps? Yeah. Swamps. Dude, in Florida? I used it in Oklahoma a few weeks ago. And Did I was you? Up there, just like looking at like different things. I was like. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'm so I was glad that I got the the premium or whatever the full package. On, oh yeah. I was like, this is awesome. Like, yeah, seeing different things, I love it. Oh, you know, I mean, I've found myself lately. I'll pull up on X whenever somebody's like, um, we're like talking about directions to somebody's house yeah. or something. I'm like, yeah, let's go to Onyx and just mm-hmm. see, yeah. you know, just we'll see use what it for it properties. Right there. We like different. Oh, yeah, for like, the church, for yeah, the church, like looking for church properties and just, I mean outside of hunting the things that you can use it for is <laughs> like amazing incredible. Yeah. it's incredible so if you're not using Onyx first off I don't know what possibly if you're hunting public land especially like you need to have Onyx on your phone did I say they just added weather into their Onyx yeah map? yeah so they did um in in like wind direction and mm. things like that. From what I can understand, there's like weather stations mm. like regionally, so you can you can like zoom out on your map, click on that weather station, and kind of see what That's cool. see what it's doing right there, which is pretty neat. And That's and I kind of see that progressing, going more location based nice. as well. Nice. I don't know if that'll happen, but I think it you know I think it will. Um, next on the line is new breed archery. Um, just a solid bow, man. Like just a solid bow. I, I've been rifle hunting the past, I don't know, a few weeks. Uh, I've been rifle hunting and, uh, I pulled out my new breed last week and shot it. And I'm talking about just as comfortable as it was when I was shooting it every single day. Yeah. And, uh, I, I'm about to, that's, I'm about to start just hunting with that. I'm tagged out on bucks. Still shoot does with a yeah, bow yeah. every single day of the season. I can shoot a doe in Alabama with my bow. I won't do that, but I am gonna. I, I like to stay married, so that's <laughs> yes, that's idea. a that's a pretty important deal. Um, but new breed archery, you can go to the new breed website now, and you can customize your own bow. They'll send you a bow to try out. You can customize it. Um, and here's another cool thing that you can do is you can use the code Southern Ground, all lowercase, all one words, and you get free shipping on that bow. What? Heck yeah, man. Oh yeah, we, we're big time now. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's Just, pretty cool. So go and check out New Breed. Last but not least, Go Wild. Go Wild is um, it, it's an, an addiction. <laughs> Just like Facebook. If you're a deer hunter and you find yourself scrolling Facebook 
all the time or you're a fisherman or you're an outdoorsman or woman of any kind um, and you find yourself scrolling through Facebook and mostly probably getting pissed off at all the people on Facebook. Like, yep. that's, that's how I spend a large majority of my day just being like, what? why are these people even alive, you know? <laughs> um, you're not going to find that on Go Wild because it's going to be a bunch of like-minded people and when there is somebody on there, this is one of my favorite parts about Go Wild, when there is somebody on there that shows his butt uh, not literally on the pictures, but like just shows like just a jerk. Every single person after that guy is common and talking about like, hey, sh- why don't you get out of here? This place isn't for <laughs> shut, you. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth, you <laughs> stupid. Um, <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts about it. Like, I love watching these guys try to get on there and be like, yeah, there's no place for me here, mm, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But if you are a, a, an outdoorsman or woman and you love the outdoors, you love to hunt, fish, camp, hike. Cook, whatever, you need to get on Go Wild. And uh, I just uploaded a couple trophies on there. You can log your trophies, log your fish, log your deer, any almost any North American game animal you can, you can log on there. And there's a scoring system for it. I'll give you an example. Buck I killed two weeks ago, that goofy looking one, mm-hmm. that the last podcast, um, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, it scored on there 370 points i think okay. is what it scored on there uh, and that's not inches that they take into account public land private land bow rifle um how far was the shot um just just a whole bunch of different things how much the animal weighed which is pretty cool mm. um that that one scored 370 and, and you know antler wise it probably i mean it was goofy looking and it had like one side that didn't have a whole lot of points on it oh squiggly horn yeah squiggly horn <laughs> he uh i mean the deer probably didn't score you know, 70 inches or something yeah. like that. Um, just like on a, like antler inches, but on go wild, it scored 370. The deer I killed last week, big eight point I killed is probably 115, 120 inch buck. Uh, and it only scored 380. So, and, and the thing I really like about it, I like that because it, it, ju- it scores based on the experience and like the difficulty of the experience, not necessarily the size of the, the size of the bug. A guy could go into a high fence or a guy could go to Iowa and kill a 170 inch deer almost, you know, that's not unheard of in Iowa. And the guy in Florida hunting public land in Florida kills a spike. I mean, which one was harder to kill? Right. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. some of the, I've been told a lot of best hunters, I believe this. Some of the best hunters in the world have never killed a deer over 100 inches because they're hunting places where there's not big deer at and they're and they're killing deer. So anyway, that doesn't have anything to do with Go Wild necessarily, but I, I really like that scoring system because that we believe in it. We believe in the way that they, that they run that business. So that is it on all the partners. We did it. We did it. We're done. We're done with that portion. <laughs> now we can get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast. So, first off, Cody, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Man, so, uh, yeah, my name's Cody. I'm uh, 25. Uh, lived in Alabama all my life. Uh, been Crane Hill. Crane, yeah, Crane Hill, Alabama. Not Crane Hill, Crane Hill. <laughs> That's uh, H-E-W. Part of Coleman, if you know where Crane Hill is, well, I'm sorry, but that's where I'm from. But, uh, yeah, growing up... Uh, my dad and my grandfather really kept me hunting when I was, I mean, as soon as I could walk, as soon as I could get in there and fall asleep, I was in the woods, so, um, loved, always loved hunting, I've, you know, as I've grown older, I've been in and out, you know, depending on what I was doing, and, 
but yeah, man, I always always enjoyed it. Now you're living in the big city of Huntsville. Yeah, though. that's the thing. I'm living in in Huntsville, and there's I mean there's there's hunting places around there. I oh, just need to get into. There's it. good I, public land. There, out there is. You even I think you got some. Oh yeah. Around um, I've hunted around there. Can I say that? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've yeah, got I'd, somewhere. There's around a there. lot of good kayak access yeah. around Huntsville. And uh, but actually, I haven't told you this. I'm actually uh, have in I think it's January end of January. I've taken some time and I'm. I'm going to Oklahoma. And, oh, really? And doing it there, yeah. Me and uh, a guy that's Andrew, my wife, Andrea, we've been married for uh, going on three years in January. and uh, Three years, got a five-year-old got, little girl. Yeah, five-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. We do have a six-month-year-old daughter, little Caroline, um, and she's a sweetheart. Can't wait to get her in the woods one day. Dude. Oh, yeah. Like, if we could just teleport to when she's old enough to go, that would be amazing. Oh, but, man. Uh, I can't, I can't wait. wait to share those memories, dude. That's going to be incredible. But, uh, yeah, dude, like, Andrea's got some uh, friends up there that, that hunt some, uh, like, WMA style, you know, places mm-hmm. up there and some different public land stuff. And I've been talking to them. We're, I'm, I'm going in January. You're going to do it? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill an Oklahoma buck. Sweet. incredible. Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm pumped. That would be so, cool. I'm trying to get you to go. We can do some kayak stuff, dude. They got plenty of water. Oh, access. I know. Oklahoma, Arkansas, all those places. A lot of Texas. There's not a lot of public land in Texas where yeah. I'm from, but a lot of the public land is water access, mm. which is pretty cool. Like, I really would love to go out to Texas and do some water access I'm stuff. I'm going to need a kayak. Yeah, you're going to have to get one. I'm just going to swim out there, though. Be all right. <laughs> listen, dude. <laughs> hey, listen. Like, I've always, like, since I started this whole kayak thing, you know, I don't even know how to get into it necessarily without sounding like a jerk but you know how bow hunters you know you know those guys who are bow hunters and they're like bow hunt till death <laughs> yeah. you know i mean there's a lot of guys like death that. to the crossbow <laughs> yeah death to the crossbow yeah no crossbow hunters allowed no i mean like the rifle hunt i mean people talk really pretty bad about gun hunters but yeah. really i mean you look at it that makes up a large percentage of the like a, a majority percentage of deer hunters are gun hunters, you yeah. know, and that's how people get into it and stuff. Um, and, and, and on that same note, like I've made a real goal, a goal this year to really show like the full thing. Mm-hmm. Whenever it's a rifle hunt, it's going to be a rifle hunt. Like I, I don't care if you don't like it, mm-hmm. you know, like if you don't like it, then maybe it's not for you. Maybe my, maybe my videos aren't for you. Um, but there's a large majority of people who rifle hunt. Oh, yeah. You know, or, or gun hunt across the United States. That's just fact. Mm. And so, um, so what I was what I was getting at there is, you know, I've, I've kayak hunted, you know, the past two years. That's about the only way that I've hunted. Mm. And I've been, like, really, like, sold on it. Like, no, this is the way that I'm going to hunt. <laughs> if it's not kayak access, mm. uh, buddy of mine, Nathan Protz, who's been on the podcast before, he put a, a trolling motor on his on his kayak, and I was like, "No, nah, bro, cheater, cheater! That you're cheating. You can't do that." Uh, and I really kind of found myself kind of becoming a little bit elitist in that. I, I didn't care, mm-hmm. you know. I don't. If he shot a deer like that, I'd be just as happy for him. Mm-hmm. I don't care. But like for me personally, it was like nah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, yeah, changed my mind on all that. Um, definitely, I'm a different man. From the man I was. I'm lazy enough. I'd totally do that. Oh, dude. My dad. Well, first off, there's nothing lazy about getting on a lake 
in 20 degree weather. True. Period. True. Nothing lazy about it, no matter how you look at it. It's still harder than driving 100 yards away from your shooting house and <laughs> and walking to your shooting house. You know, I mean, yeah. like, it's just, and if yeah. that's the way somebody hunts, if you're listening to this, that's the way you hunt, fantastic. I, I've, I've hunted that way. I love I've it. I've had a lot of success, dude. Yeah, I mean, I love it. It's fun. I, I find a lot of my, ex, my experience are fun to be out of, you know, just hunting a kayak. That's I, good thing about I like it. You can make it as hard as you want to. Yeah, exactly. It, and, and you say that, you can make it as hard as you want to. With deer hunting, deer are wild animals. Mm. In, in terms of low fence, um, fair chase hunting, yeah. you cannot ever say you can make it as easy as you want to. Because killing a whitetail deer, a whitetail buck even more, um, but a deer in general is hard. Right. Yeah. It is a pursuit. It's hard. It's never going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, that is for low fence. I mean, I don't care if you're hunting tame whitetails yeah. in a low fence. They're still, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, they're still it, smart. Yeah, they're still smart. Yeah. And, and in a lot of ways, smarter than us. So, Absolutely. So, I say all that to say, if you're listening to this and you hunt, you know, Greenfield, what, however you hunt, I don't, I'm, I'm pumped up for you. Like, I love that. I'm a fan of deer hunting, period. So, this weekend, or this past week, it was rutcation, yeah. right? Uh, it, like, I, I want to know a, a definition. What is rutcation? Rutcation is the vacation of rut. <laughs> Easy enough. Not I, for me. It's not yeah. my rut. It's the deer's rut. And I am... You're giving them... I'm giving them a, a bullet in the chest. <laughs> You're just releasing them from their rut. Yes, <laughs> yeah, basically. So... Okay. So, uh, so my dad comes down. Like mm-hmm. that, I've already said that. He comes from Texas. And we do this rutcation. We camp out. Found this really cool spot during the spring, during turkey season, um, or just you could call it just the spring. Um, yeah. <laughs> but us out, outdoorsmen kind of that our seasons go by whatever is mm-hmm. in season, you know. So during turkey season, when I kayak out to this area, this whole little peninsula is underwater. People, there's people with bass boats in there fishing, you know, in the trees and stuff. So it is below the high water line, right? Mm-hmm. So that makes it it belongs to um, the the Alabama yeah, the Power the, oh. that owns the lake. Oh, okay. It's not Bankhead National Forest necessarily because it is below. Right. Bankhead has a law that you cannot hunt and camp on Bankhead property. You can camp. Yeah. If you wanted to go out with a backpack and a bunch of hippie friends, y'all go out and backpack and camp out wherever the heck you want to go. But you can't hunt. But you can't hunt. It's so dumb. Like, <laughs> I, I don't get it. Whatever. Yeah. I found a loophole. Hmm. Um, I think it's a loophole. If it's not, whatever. I don't care. I talked to a guy from Alabama Power. He said it's okay. Um, because it's below the high water line, I can camp out there. So me and Dad found this spot. Or I found the spot. Dad came down last year. We set up a tent and we camped out. It's a blast. Um I've talked to Alabama Power about this, and they're like, yes, you're right. I believe you did. You're good. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to convince I've talked to Alabama Power. <laughs> I've okay, talked to it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, we camp out. It, it is a blast. Dad brought, last year, we kayaked. So, if you yeah. listen, to, if, you, if people listen to the Nine Finger Chronicles, kind of my first, before we had the Southern Ground um, podcast, we I was on Dan Johnson's Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. And we talked about it. I told the story about my dad falling in the lake and his oh. gun falling into the bottom of the lake. And that we had to fish one. it out. 
It was cold. I had already shot a deer. <laughs> and we still had to drag a deer out of the woods and fish out. And Dad hadn't had any clothes. And we were in kayaks and stuff. And so that was an awkward picture. Awkward picture, yeah. but amazing. Like, the whole story is fantastic. Um, I've told it probably several times on this podcast and then, of course, the one with Dan. But um, <laughs> this year, uh, but we decided Dad has a bass tracker. I was like, Dad, why don't you bring your bass tracker to this you can hear my wife and my little my little girl in the background i'm sure um wow. so I, I told my dad i was like why don't you bring your bass tracker he was like I, you know i hadn't even thought about that i was like it'll just open up our whole world to this this whole yeah. place there's a lot of public land that i, I just can't get to i don't know i don't know i mean it's a it's a big boat yeah I mean, it's. I think it's got like a ninety horsepower motor on it or something. It may be get bigger around. than that. Oh yeah, it'll get there. So he brought that, and I was like, "Oh, it'll be fun, you know. Like we'll go and we'll camp out, and we'll be able to put all of our camping gear in the boat and take one trip, and then just pull the kayaks behind it, and then kayak to our spot, you know. After that, because that was the hardest part last year was just kayaking all of our gear to our camping spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that totally didn't happen. Like the kayaks never left the trailer. <laughs> we were just like, "Oh, we got the boat. Yeah, we could just good. let's just take the boat. It'll be that much easier. It's easier we can than sleep a paddle, later." Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've, ch- I've kind of changed a little bit how I feel about the whole deal, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, like I said, hunting deer is hard. Whatever mm-hmm. advantage you can get on your side, like yeah. it's it's a good thing to do. So you got good deer in this area? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Plenty yeah. of sun. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like Lots of dude. I mean this this spot. Um, Did you tell me this was like one of the first times you've been there this year, right? Are you? Well, yeah. So the spot where I shot my buck at, yes. Okay. The spot where my dad shot his buck at was um, that's just it's a honey hole. Like that's where I've shot. I shot my buck, my goofy looking buck. Mm-hmm. I shot two bucks off of that same hillside last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I've never killed. I've killed one deer, a doe, um, kind of on top of a ridge in that in that general vicinity. Other than that, I haven't killed another deer out there that wasn't on this small little hillside. It's not a ridge side. I wouldn't call it. It's like a hill. It's just a random hillside, and those bucks run it. It's crazy. Hmm. Dad's deer died like 10 feet away from where my deer died the week before that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, um, so but this was, th- that spot was kind of like my first like hunting beast style spot. Like I, yeah. I found where the bedding was at, and I found how the bucks use it. Um, it's kind of evolved for me since then, like understanding maybe even more why they're using it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really feel like now that I've just seen more deer in that area, I really feel like up at the top of that hill, there's a point that comes out and it's real thick pines and it's on the property line. So I can't get in there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's on private property. Oh yeah. Okay. And so I can't go in there, mm-hmm. but I can assume things. And I really, what I really have started thinking is that that is doe bedding. And what those bucks do is they come down below it to scent check it, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and and usually they come down below it right at first light when the thermals are falling. Yeah, when they're falling down, and those bucks are catching that scent coming down. And the reason I say that is because I see does in there going going to it. Right, mm-hmm. I see bucks coming out of it. Okay. First thing in the morning. You know, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. If it's a buck bed up there, then a buck wouldn't necessarily be coming out of it right. first thing in the yeah. morning at first light. 
Um, and that's just the way it's that's the way it's worked. Um, Dad shot his buck the other day. He shot it chasing a doe that was going to it. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of what I always see does going to it. Don't see does coming out of it, but I see bucks coming out of it first light. So that's why I kind of I feel like those bucks have started, I, or I've started figuring out that the bucks are actually scent checking a doe bedding area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that, that's kind of that spot. So the other spot is, uh, well, well, actually, let's let's not get too far into that because I want to kind of talk about just the trip, yeah, like recap yeah, kind of yeah. the trip, and then and then get really a little bit deeper into okay. my, my, my spot. So is that, did you have any more questions um, on that? Just continuing. To say You're all good? Yeah, You're I'm all good? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, so the first day we go out there, it was a little bit warmer. And I didn't see anything. Dad didn't see anything. Um, now, mind you, I hadn't seen a deer at this point since the goofy buck that I shot on that ridge or on that on that hillside, which week. was a week before that. I hadn't seen a deer since I shot that buck. Um, so I was a little bit, you know, a little bit discouraged. It's like, you know, I've got I've only got one buck tag left out of three. So I, I, if, if my season ended right there, I've had a great season, yeah. no matter what, you know. Um, it's not even, I mean, it's just barely December at this point. So I got time, you know. Um, but I'm still getting discouraged. I'm like, man, has somebody else gotten in here and like just mm-hmm. destroyed it? And really, Is that just, where you've seen other people, too? I've never seen anybody, anybody in there. else in there. Never seen anybody else in this area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so... Um, that was the day my uncle came that first day. Okay. He saw a doe, and uh, my dad didn't see anything, and dad was hunting the honey hole, mm-hmm. which is that spot that I, that I was telling yeah. you about, and then I was hunting another spot that I kind of, I killed my biggest eight point last year mm-hmm. in this spot, and that's where I hunted. Didn't see anything, saw a bunch of turkeys, that was it. That evening, didn't see anything. Um, we hiked, dude. Me and my dad hiked this steep mountain. Uh, we went to a spot that we had never been to before because we had the boat. I was like, hey, this is a spot I've always wanted to go look at. So we went and looked at it, and oh, man. Rough walk? Uh, uh, It wasn't a walk. It was one of those places where if you're standing straight up on the Mm -hmm. side of the mountain, like if you're standing straight up and you reach out, you can touch the ground. It's that steep. Does that make sense? Like you just reach your arm at a 90-degree angle, you touch the ground. (laughs) Because it's so steep. That's one one of those places. And my dad, like, it was tough on me. And I hunt this way. Like, this is the way I hunt. Public land, just hike hunting, you know. It's it's hard. Randall, get a little wind. Oh, oh, the old man. (laughs) Oh, Pops. He was was like, "Mm." we got up to the top of it. And he was like, I think I'm just going to sit right here. (laughs) This will do. Um, And I ended up going a little bit further. And it was so thick on top of that mountain. I couldn't see anything. I didn't even get in the saddle that day, and because I was just like, if I get up high, I, I won't be able to see a thing. So yeah. I just sat down. I didn't see any deer sign in there. Dad ended up seeing a deer run down the hill, and I couldn't ever tell what it was. But um, so that was good, you know. And then obviously coming back down was a lot easier. Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, it was a steep climb, and we were we were pretty pretty tore up. I mean, after that, we were wore out. Got back to the boat ramp. I had to go to work the next day um, for the for staff meetings and stuff. We got back to the boat ramp that night to find that my kayak trailer. I was going to drive my Hummer 
with the trailer, uh, but my kayak trailer, the tire, had one of the bearings had busted or like come apart. Yeah, it was. So we had to take the tire off. Then the next day, I had to go get that bearing fixed and it's always something. Get a new bearing in it, and so go back the next evening, set up camp, make a fire that night. It was a lot of fun. So morning, successful morning number one was I'm basically day two of mm-hmm. rotation, morning two of the hunt. Yeah. Um, it was Wednesday morning. I went to a new spot. Um, dad went to the honey hole mm-hmm. about eight thirty five, maybe eight forty. I hear bow, bow, and it sounded like it was a long ways away. It's like, well, I better text dad and just just see what he says. Mm-hmm. It's probably not him, but it might be. Hey, was that you? Yes. <laughs> Freak yeah. Yeah. Like, I was jacked up, dude. My dad, um, and he listens to this, and he would say the exact same thing if he was here. He has like this weird luck when it comes to deer hunting. He's the great fisherman like mm-hmm. my dad can catch fit he can outfish anybody i know he's a great fisherman he's not a bad hunter mm-hmm. he just has really bad luck <laughs> with deer hunting man i mean like like just just bad luck and so i mean we've been on blood trails me and him together and he's hit deer and i mean you could it's a lung blood just yeah. bleeding like crazy and never find a deer like that's just and and especially in alabama he's got mm-hmm. bad luck um, so when he, I was like, okay, please. And he said, well, it, run, it ran off, but it had its, its leg up, you know, and it's all in the video. So if you are not subscribed to the Sports Nation YouTube channel, this is the, um, shameless plug for me. Go watch it. You're going to get to see a lot of this whole trip is going to be on there. It's got rutcation part one and part two. Part one is going to be in my dad's deer. Part two is going to be in my deer. Uh, rutcation part one should be up by the time you listen to this. If it's not, it'll be up very soon. So. Go subscribe to that. Do it. Um, do it now. Pause this. Go subscribe. Then come back. We'll wait for you. All right. All right. Yeah. Now we're back. You hopefully have subscribed already. Uh, no, but dad told me this deer had run off. And I was, you know, anytime a deer runs off, it's like, hmm. Yeah. You know, I ended up hiking to him that, that morning. How far were you from him? Pretty good ways. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty. Sound like a pretty far shot. Yeah, I was. Pre, I was. Um, I was two two steep ridges over from him, okay. so I had to go down, or I had to go up, down, up, back down yeah. to where he was at, and uh, get over there. And he, this deer ends up making a scrape in front of my dad. Dad's yeah. sitting on the ground. Um, anybody who's ever hunted with a climber, or maybe you don't hunt with a climber often, but you have before. If you're not used to hunting out of a climber, it's hard to just learn on the fly. Oh, yeah. You got it's, a, it's something you have to build up. It's like muscle memory you have to build up. And so Dad this year was like, I think I'm just going to hunt on the ground. There's a brush pile over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I told him to sit in it. And uh, he ended up sitting in it. These deer came in. This buck chasing this doe come in uh, like 15 yards away from him. Wow. And the buck made a scrape. Peed in it, did his whole deal, all in right there in front of Dad. That was, was like, the yes. moment. That was a moment that I wished I would have been sitting with him to film it. Dude, that'd have been some great um, footage. It would have been great footage. Yeah. But I get over there too, and I'm war slap out by this point because mm-hmm. I've been already. Hiked. Well, I've already hiked. Walked half the world. <laughs> a long ways to get there. I was like, man, I really hope we don't have to track this deer for a long time. And 
We go up to where the first shot was, and he's like, it was right here. Whoa. That little girl is screaming. Um, we go to where the first shot was, and there's there's no blood mm-hmm. at all. We can't find any. It's like, oh my gosh. I hope this gets better than this, you know. No I hair mean, or anything? No hair, no nothing. Finally, we get up to a, to a spot where Dad was like, I think he ran this way. And I walked up on it, and it's just piles of blood. It's like a blood highway. Yeah. And we start walking, and we probably walk like 20 yards, and we see that buck laying there. Nice. And Your dad it, just lose it. We both did. <laughs> we both did, man. Dad's one of the few people in the world that I will get more ex- I'm more happy for him that he shot one than I am whenever I shoot one. In your spot, man. That's Yeah, in how, in my honey hole spot. Let's like, just stop right there because the how special is it that you've hunted the spot, you've been successful in the spot, and then you get to later in the season put your dad on it and him be successful too. Like how does that feel? Is that It's like I know a lot of guys listening to this probably have felt this before where you put your put your dad on a deer. I mean, dad for so many years invested time in me. I mean, he's the reason why I do this. Mm-hmm. He he wasn't real. He wasn't into it before I started expressing interest in it. He like got into it yeah. because I wanted to do it. And um and we learned it all. We figured it all out together in a lot of ways and like and he would give me the good spots, you know. Mm-hmm. We'd go out in, in West Texas and sit in a shooting house in a deer blind. And it was always, I was always the shooter. Mm-hmm. Dad was never the shooter. When we were sitting together, dad was never the shooter. He was always putting me on deer. And so to go out here and on public land and get dad this buck. Now, I'm going to tell you this. That deer, that buck, at, on that day, on Wednesday, mm-hmm. I had never killed a deer in Alabama bigger than that one. Like, it, it, was, it was a good deer. It's a good buck. Yeah. And, uh, and when he sent me the picture of it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, and there, there, you know, there was no jealousy. I mean, I, I could care less. It yeah, was like, I felt just as happy shooting with my dad shooting that deer as if I would have shot it. And I didn't have to use my own tag. When you, for when it. I, I was like, bro, did you get one? I think I texted. And you were yeah. like, you're like, no, it was dad. I was pumped. Bro. Yeah. I mean, man, I love your dad. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. And in the video, man, like, I was. So I'm videoing him. We get up, dude. I mean, when we lose it whenever we see this buck laying there. We lose it. We lose our minds. <laughs> They're just screaming and like, yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> He's dad, so happy. Dad just footage. like the purest smile you've ever mm-hmm. seen in your life. And uh, I'm editing this video a couple days ago, and I'm just like sitting there just like, I'll have this video for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, I'll get to see that smile one day whenever my kids are – my age and I'm his age and he's hopefully still alive. Likely not, you know. He would be a very old man by that point. Um, sorry, Randall. <laughs> sorry, Dad. I mean, it's true. Um, you know, whenever when it, well, I guess he could. He would. He would be around. He would probably still that be around. Dude's gonna be around forever. Yeah, he'd, he'd be around. That was a little bit exaggerated. That was dramatic. Um, but I was just thinking about like one of these days whenever. Whenever he's not here anymore, you know, and and my, my his grandkids are are having kids, you know, and it's like they're gonna have this video seeing how just my daughter calls him Boppy. Yeah. They're gonna have this video seeing how happy Boppy was and Dude, like that, his memory. It it was just that's, that's so cool. Like if I had footage of my grandfather, so I mean I see still. I mean that dude's got deer hung up on 
walls in his house. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'd love to see that. So that's it's cool. That's a cool perspective of seeing that, like to be able to show your kids that stuff. Dude. That's oh yeah, excellent. and like and just being there, it, it's very rare that I get to see that kind of smile mm-hmm. because a lot of times, like I said, Dad's luck with deer hunting is not great. Mm-hmm. It's just it was a, it was a blast. Yeah, and that's the, the trip could have ended right there, and I'd be like, well, that was good. But it didn't. But it did not. It didn't. You're right. So anyway, so we finished we finished up that day with my dad and got his buck taken care of. We ended up getting out of the getting out of the lake and um, taking the boat out and uh, so I was dealing with a toothache this whole week. Really? During rutcation, yeah. It was cold, my tooth hurt. Like it was pretty miserable for me. Jeez. Like I have a, a cracked tooth in the back, and it was just, dude, it was lit up. So um, the night before my dad shot that buck, like, I was up most of the night. Mm. Our little heater in our tent went out, and, like, nothing was right. Like, it was a miserable night. We didn't sleep all night. There was something <laughs> something outside of our camp walking around in the leaves that kept us both up. Um, Got a little Sasquatch, man. Yeah, I think it was actually an armadillo. Uh, but... Because it, like, like... it got into our coffee, so we didn't what? have coffee the next morning. Like, it was just, it sucked. Um, and so I was pretty miserable. And so me and Dad were like, hey, let's ditch camp tonight. Let's just sleep in the trucks. And Dad was like, I have to have a good night's sleep. I said, I'm not complaining about that idea yeah. at all. Because we were going to be out. So what we, we like to celebrate, you know, and um, it... it we, Call us wimps if you want to, whatever, I don't care. We went that night, because we had to go out anyways to take that deer to the processor. Mm -hmm. And so we took that deer to the processor, went into town, and got a really nice steak dinner. Celebrated, you know, it was fun. (laughs) And went back to the, went back and slept in the trucks that night. Sounds like a good night to me. (laughs) It was was awesome. Um, The problem was, is, I'm like, okay, dad's got his buck. That was the... That was the goal, you know, of the whole trip. I shot two bucks on a rotation last year. Oh, sorry. Dad didn't shoot any. And that the goal was to get Dad on a buck. We didn't realize that it was going to be as good of a buck as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that was just icing on the cake. It's like, that's a successful trip already. The problem was, is there's blood all over that area, like... I'm sure the area was hot still. If there's a hot doe in there, there's going to be more bucks coming in there. Yeah. Um, and but but I decided, you know, let the spot chill out for a little bit because I knew if I don't shoot a buck this for that week, I'm going to want to come back in there and go to my honey hole, mm-hmm. um, especially with the kayak because I can kayak there. Yeah. Um, some of these other spots I wanted to look at, I couldn't kayak to. I had to use the boat, and so I wanted to take advantage of that. Um, so there was this one little area that was about 40-something acres, probably, and it was just kind of stayed in the back of my mind, and Dad told me it kind of stayed in the back of his mind, too, about going in there and trying it out. Um, we boated to it a couple days before that, didn't get out, didn't look, like, really look at it, just basically just took the boat over there to it just to look at it from the water, and, um... And we looked at it for a little bit, and it, yeah, looking at the maps, it looked pretty good. There's a couple other spots I wanted to look at, but that next morning we woke up, and there was a layer of frost over everything. You know, it was cold. Um, it, it just, something just felt right about going into that spot. And so 
Um, that next morning we got, we woke up out of the trucks and dad said, where, where, where are we going? And I was, I said, let's go over here. It's about five miles away. Mm-hmm. Five, about a five mile boat ride. Um, it was actually kind of funny. Uh, we were in the boat and on, on water it's foggy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it gets real foggy on some, some mornings like this. And this morning it was foggy. <laughs> you couldn't see a thing in front of you. So, uh, this is another testament to Onyx maps. Like, this is another use of Onyx, okay? So, <laughs> Dad's going to hate me for even admitting this, but it just makes the story more more fun. So, I'm sorry, Dad, if you listen to this. I'm sorry for calling you out, but I'm, I'm familiar with, with this water, okay? Yeah. I know the directions that it goes. I spent a lot of time looking at these maps. Even the spots I hadn't been to, I kind of know which way the water goes. Mm-hmm. Um, dad was driving his boat and he kept hitting land because you couldn't see it. I mean, I was like, I was looking at my maps and be like, okay, go this way, go this way, go this way, go this way, go this way. Turn. And then we'd be like, shh, and we'd hit, we'd hit the beach, you know. And, uh, I, and we were both like, crap, we got to do this for five miles, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally I said, you want me to drive since I kind of know it? And without hesitation, dad's like, yes, please, please just drive. So I got out. I, I got the. I got in the driver's seat and p- pretty much just put my phone right in front of me and put the the directional navigation or whatever you want to call it yeah. on Onyx on there. And I just went blind. I didn't even look up from my phone. Like I wasn't even looking at the water or the land, like the land, because mm-hmm. couldn't see it. Didn't do any good anyways. I just kept my my eyes on my phone, hoping it wouldn't, you know, like lose signal and <laughs> freeze, you know. Um, and we ended up getting there, which is pretty cool. Like that. So kudos to Onyx on that. That was, that was good. And, uh, we made it there. It was a little bit late. By the time I got the saddle set up, dad, uh, dad went kind of across the lake to another little area that was similar. And, uh, yeah, he was hunting on the ground. By the time I got the saddle set up, it was, I mean, it wasn't shooting light, but it was light. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't need a flashlight at that point. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to do my best to try to explain the spot, you know, um, okay. because it was, it was a different, you know, a new spot to me, never been in there before, but the way that this works is from the water. Okay. So if you're looking at a map from the water, it basically just went straight up, right. To like a very, um, I don't even know the way, like it just, it's just a ridge. And it goes all the way up to the top. And at the very top, it basically the spine of this ridge is the property line. So this piece of public land is only a ridge side, right? Okay. It's the side of this ridge. A lot of spurs coming off of it. Um, a lot of ditches coming off of it going down to the water, towards the water. Hmm. Big ditches. Open, you know, open hardwoods. Fairly open hardwoods. Yeah. And, um... Lots of oak trees, though, and right now the oak trees are pretty hot for food sources. And uh, and so I'm basically just looking at my map and saying, okay, um, never been here before. What's a buck going to do right now? And this is where the hunting beast really changed my whole perspective on deer hunting. Because what I would have done on a first-time sit two or three years ago would have been, okay, I'm going to go get on the side of this ridge where I can see all the way across to the other side of it and like off a creek or whatever, I can see the bottom and I can see the other side, basically just get in the spot 
where I can see the most that I could possibly see yeah. to catch any activity moving through. And uh, and that's worked. I mean, that works for people all the time. You know, you get in a spot where you can see far, you might catch something slipping through there. Um, but that wasn't what I was trying. I wasn't trying to go for any deer. I was trying to go for a mature buck. And so a hunting beast, there's a lot of good, good, solid knowledge on there about um, about these this type of area, this hill country bedding, hill country chasing big bucks, mature bucks in the hill country. And so because my mind has been kind of absorbing all that knowledge, that's just the way that, that's the places that I go now. I don't see nearly as many deer doing this, but the deer that I have seen this year have been the bucks that I wanted to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just haven't seen an overwhelming amount of deer, but I've seen the ones I wanted to shoot. So I went in here and um, about eight o'clock, uh, well, I, I, you know, I want to, I want to set this up a little bit. I don't want to get too far into the story where I ended up sitting at was um, the, the top third, right below the top third. It came down the ridge, the, the from the top, it came down a little ways and then it flattened out into a military crest. Oh, okay. Um, and, but this military crest was, in the area that I wanted to hunt, it was very wide. Like, there was a very wide, flat area right there. On the map, it looked like it was going to be fairly open. Mm. Once I got there, I realized it was, like, thick. It was nasty in there, mm. which was better for buck movement, not nearly as good for seeing things. Yeah. Um, to my right, there was a, a big pine thicket on the property line. It just, basically, on that property line, it was just thick pines going on to private land and there was two spurs coming off the, the ridge off the milita- military crest of this ridge two spurs that I was like okay that are points you could call it yeah. that were um, they if I were going in there to scout on that private land I would say that's that's bedding whether it be doe bedding or buck bedding that's going to be the primary bedding. It's looking out over the water. It's going to be the primary bedding for an east wind because that this is a um, uh, west-facing slope, right? Hunting Beast talks a lot about bucks traveling during, like cruising the leeward side of the ridge. So, um, so this west-facing slope, if it's an east wind, the west-facing slope, these these deer would be cruising that because they'd be catching that scent. They'd be cruising that thermal that uh, thermal tunnel coming especially from the water because that water is where those those rising thermals in the in the late morning and the and and the wind coming over the top is going to create that funnel gotcha. and uh and so that was my that was my idea so people who are listening to this never really paid attention to dan infall or hunting beast tactics it might sound like a little bit of spanish to you but um i say i say that like this is why I, this buck died okay and uh, and it was really the moment that it all clicked for me, and uh, it just worked out perfect. This military crest leading straight to this primary bedding area, using the water and the leeward side of this ridge, it was thick on top. And about eight forty-five, eight fifty, um, I had just texted my dad. I had just texted my dad and Michael Pike like, "This spot sucks. I hate this spot. I hadn't seen any deer." I hadn't seen. I was telling my dad. I was like, we were joking on text message. I said, "You want me? You want to tell me? You want me to tell you what a joke is? I'll tell you a joke. My hunting abilities for the last week. Like I haven't seen a deer in a yeah. week. And uh, like I said, I had my phone in my hand. And as soon as I said that, 
I hear and I was like oh man and this is just one of those areas where like if there's a deer in here it's probably a buck right and I look and right in front of me man walking that military crest doing exactly what I thought he was going to be doing Mm. Uh, I see this buck and I saw his frame didn't know how many points he had I could see just his build you know I mean it was a mature buck yeah and uh, I was like uh crap because I had my phone in my hand uh, right and I'm like I don't I do not want to be caught yeah. having my phone in my hand right now this is not the right time so I like very slowly and it's so thick in there dude I couldn't tell if he was looking at me I didn't know what was going on yeah I could just see like catch glimpses of him and I uh, put my phone in in the bag finally got it and then I had to get my gun up and I'm like he came in on my weak side off the saddle so my right side so I had to pull the the barrel of the gun over the tree, mm-hmm. over the bridge of my saddle, and get set up. And um, I tell you this, man. Everything he came in everywhere that was wrong. Okay, <laughs> where he gave me opportunity at was the worst spot ever. Like I had the camera on him, perfect. Mm-hmm. But the sun was hitting the trees. And hitting the lens of my camera and like just creating this glare. Yeah. So in the video, you can catch glimpses of him. You can see him. I mean, you can see him. Mm-hmm. He's there. But when I shoot, it's like right where the sun is at. Um, and even in my scope, like it was that way of mm-hmm. my gun. Like I could barely see him. But it, I mean, it was so thick in there. I had to take the opportunity. Right. Or he was going to, he was going to be gone. How far away? Uh, about 40 yards, probably, through this thick stuff. If he would have been any further than that, I wouldn't have got a shot at him. Because yeah. it was just too thick in there. Mm-hmm. And if I would have had my bow, there would have been no chance. Again, too thick. And I, got, I just wouldn't have... I don't think I would have been able to get a shot. And uh, so I, I shot him. And he went... <laughs> so I shot him with my AR. This is kind of a, an interesting part of the story. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Uh, so I, my six, my deer rifle... Um, I only had like five shots for it, um, and we were going to go to Walmart and get some more when we came back into town that day, that two days before that. Well, I tried to shoot it uh, and and make sure that it was still zeroed because I bumped it pretty good on that steep mountain hike. Oh, yeah. I bumped it pretty good, and so I shot it, and it was just way off, and I couldn't get it back on in those five shots that I had. Like, it was just all over the place. So I ended up like, crap, I'm just going to take my AR and my bow, and that'll yeah. be what I take. Yeah. I've shot deer with my AR. Two two three is enough to kill a deer. I'm not super confident in it. I'll just mm-hmm. be honest with you, like, and for good reason. I'm about to tell you why. I put one right behind the shoulder of this buck, and he ran, and uh, stopped. Gave me another shot. Shot him again. Still on his feet. I mean, like looking around. I know I hit him. I saw the impact hit him. Yeah. You know. And uh, I shot. I ended up shooting this deer like six times before he ever even hit the ground. Like, yeah. I'm glad you had that many bullets with you. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> so the law is that you can't have more than a 10-round magazine or clip or whatever you want to call it. Um, magazine. Yeah, magazine. Well, I mean, whatever. Antler horn, whatever, whatever. <laughs> My clip. <laughs> My clip, whatever. So, um... So I shoot these, they're, they're Hornady American Whitetail rounds. They're great. I've killed deer with them before. Um, 
this buck was a big deer for Alabama. He was a 180-pound buck. Big body deer. The biggest body deer I've ever killed. Um, Texas, Alabama, Georgia. He's mm-hmm. the biggest biggest deer I've ever killed. And uh, none of those shots passed through him. Not yes. one of them. And that was that was the reason why I kept shooting him so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept I kept shooting him because I knew there wasn't going to be a blood trail. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if he ran... I mean, I knew that this could potentially be the biggest deer of my life. Yeah. And I just really wasn't willing to, like... To let him run off, and and I'm glad I didn't because when we went and ended up blood blood trail and checking the blood trail, there wasn't much of one. Yeah. Um. So you know, you guys who say that two two three is not around for a deer, I don't agree with you always. It just takes six of them. But yeah, <laughs> it just take, it takes six shots. I, I told you this the other day because it was funny. Like you're, I always remember sitting in the woods and you hear that guy's like, "Dow." <laughs> He's like, well, that guy missed it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet that's what you sound like. It sounded like a dove shoot going yeah. on there, bro. <laughs> like, um, maybe he's at the target right <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Um, So I learned a couple things in that, you know, as far as using that. I, I'm not super confident. I'm very confident with a zero of it. That, that gun shoots yeah. wonderfully. But it's a small bullet. Mm-hmm. It's just a small round. And, uh... You know, if you're shooting, if you're shooting does, and you know, and neck shots with that is is not a bad idea. But pocket with deer. huh, pocket deer, a pocket good, deer, good, yeah, good, <laughs> good pocket deer ammo. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's great for <laughs> small deer. Um, I, and I've shot, like I said, I've shot deer with it before. But for a big mature buck like this, that was just a, it was a, it was a poor choice on my part and. I'm just glad you got it, man. Yeah, That's... but he ended up falling down, and um, at that point, I just knew like he could potentially be the biggest deer in my life. Mm-hmm. I could see his white belly sitting there. Got it on film. Rewatched the film. Um, Dad texted me right there. He's, I said, I just shot a giant. I just shot a good one. Yeah. And we, of course, it celebrated. I texted Michael Pike, told him about it, and we celebrated a big bankhead, a big mature bankhead buck is like it's one of those things. I could put, I could kill a bigger deer anywhere in on private land, pretty much on any public land. If I killed a bigger deer than that, it wouldn't mean the same as a big mature bankhead buck. And this mm-hmm. buck isn't the highest scoring deer in the world, but he's a he's a dominant buck. He's one of those deer like when you sent me the picture, and I was like, bankhead. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just, if you're not from here, you don't know. But if you know Bankhead, like, when you see a buck like that, you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he, and that's he, a rare thing. Yeah. And he, you know, he's he's got a busted off brow tine. He's a mainframe eight. He's got a small kicker coming off the base. Is he an older deer? Yeah, I think so. I think he, well, I, older as in like four and a half, right. you know, maybe. Um, Big swole up neck, man. Just a big, big bodied buck. Was huge body. He had that Roman nose on him, you know. Um, cool. It was just, it was just a dream come true, man. I can't. <laughs> me and Dad, we look, we were talking so much after that. He, we drug it down off of that mountain, and it was just surreal, dude. It was like we both just killed good deer on rotation in three days. That's crazy. It's a testament, though. I mean, it is a testament to the beast style of hunting. Hard work. Hard work, 
but you can work hard and be in the wrong spots. And I feel like with the hunting beast and using a lot of these tactics, you don't work hard in vain. Hmm. You know, like you're learning something every single time. Yeah. I used to attribute it to the kayak. Like I'm just getting in spots that nobody else is getting into. And I still do. I still think that to an extent, but you know, this, this beast style of hunting and bedding and, and figuring out buck travel and cruising travel and just deer travel in general. It's taking it to the next level. It, it's a next level thing. And um, and it's not anything that, you know, there is an aspect of deer hunting that's always right place at the right time. Yeah. You know, I was in the right place. There's a, there's a small little piece of amount of luck that is that is in that. Always. And blessed that is in that. And six shots. Yeah, and, and there's a, a whole <laughs> lot of lead that goes into <laughs> making that happen. But... Um, it's just an unreal feeling. Every, every morning since then I've woken up and been like, last year I tagged out by, um, yesterday, the 13th or tomorrow. I tagged out on the 13th of December last year. Um, today's the 12th. So, uh, that was when I tagged out last year and it was unreal. I couldn't believe it. I tagged out on Bankhead period. Like, whoa. It's two years in a row. Two years in a row that I've tagged out. And I'm not a great, like, I'm not a great hunter, man. Like, I'm, I can hold my own, you know, I guess when you look at it percentage-wise of people, like, I could probably be up there. But, I, you know, what, the people that I hang out with, like, I, I'm, I don't consider myself to be one of the best. I think it just shows that there's ways to do it mm-hmm. if you just put your mind to and put the work in and get mm-hmm. it done. And, you know, it's possible. When play even in places like Bankhead that people say uh, you can't you can't go tag yourself out on Bankhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. You can. You just gotta go do and it. And you don't have to do it on small bucks. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Last year I felt like I tagged out on small bucks. Didn't want to do that this year. You know that goofy looking one came out and I was like, yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> like, Come here, you. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love those kind of deer like yeah. that. And he was he was not a he wasn't a small deer. He had a big frame, you know. Um. People just call him a coal buck. Yeah, he's a coal. He's he coal buck. He's one of them coals. Uh, <laughs> Kill him dead. No, I just wanted to shoot him like oh, that. Man. I liked. I liked the way he looked. I thought it was cool. Um, it was great video content, you yeah, know, for the YouTube yeah. channel. I, I thought it was cool. This one though, I mean, just these two deer. My dad being there, it was just like perfect week. It's a perfect week and rutcation. Rutcation lives on, you know. It was, we have not been, it'll, ha- it'll happen one day, but we have not been unsuccessful on Rutcation yet in the two years that we've done it. Two years tradition. Going for the three-peat. Yeah, we're going to try a three-peat. We're going to try it. Um, it and the thing was, we had like two more days left, and we were like, let's just go home. Yeah. Let's just enjoy our time with the family. I couldn't shoot anything anyway. <laughs> so, uh, Dad still had two more buck tags, and he was like, no, let's just go home. Let's, so after that, we got that deer taken care of. I dropped it off at the taxidermist, which was a cool... Let me tell you, dude. One of the coolest things is dropping a buck at the taxidermist that you killed on Bankhead. Yeah. Like, and I'm not just going to mount a deer. I'm not going to mount a deer just because, you know, like... I, I, what am I trying to say? If I shot a deer on Bankhead that was 
okay. Mm-hmm. Like an okay buck. I probably would still just not mount it. Yeah. I probably wouldn't do a shoulder mount. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you doing a shoulder mount on that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be nice. Yeah, and he was a big enough. If I shot that deer on private land, mm-hmm. I would shoulder mount him. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not the biggest deer ever, but I'd still shoulder mount him. I don't have a ton of, I'm, I haven't shot just a ton of big rack deer. Yeah. Um. But, he, I mean, he's one that I would shoulder mount if I shot him anywhere. And so... Going in the green room? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the green room, for people listening, that's where we, uh, the worship team hangs out that of our of our church. And I have a lot of deer heads in there right now. A lot is uh, an understatement. Yeah, I think I've got one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, there's a lot of skulls. i got five. I got four skulls, four European mounts. And one shoulder. And then one shoulder mount. And the only reason the shoulder mount's in there is because we don't have room for it here and we're trying to sell this house. Yeah. So, Might as well make it the green room. Somewhere. Yeah, make it in there. But I dropped that buck off and it was just unreal. Got to see um, if you are a faithful listener to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. You've listened to the episode with Michael Perry. Michael shot a really good bankhead deer a couple days before that, a big 10 point, uh, four and a half year old 10 point. I a lot of people have success this week. Uh, it's a good week on me. Like uh, in in northern ish Alabama, yeah. it, the rut is Luke. It's yeah. fire, yeah. Luke, it's like you shared that picture. Mm-hmm. Luke shot yeah. a buck the day, the evening that I shot my my eight point. And then another. And then he, and then the well, I talked to him at the taxidermist. His dad mm-hmm. is the taxidermist that I dropped mm-hmm. it off at. Luke was in his camos headed back out and he said I said you gonna go tag out today <laughs> and he said man I'd love to he said I'd love to shoot that big eight point that I missed with my bow I swear to you we had to go back to the processor to pick up a deer to pick up some deer meat that I had dropped off a couple weeks ago we went back to the processor before we even got to the processor Luke sends me he's like well if that wasn't picture, picture perfect oh, man. he sent me the picture of this big eight point so Luke shot two good bucks in two days and yeah. tagged himself out um, I mean, it's just, it's on. Michael just uh, texted me this, this. Uh, I think I already said it earlier in the podcast, but mm-hmm. he he saw bucks today and... Um, I'm getting pretty mad. How many days I got left? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> of this rut right now, you probably, I mean, this week is when you want to be. Yeah, you want to be there. I'm intentionally keeping myself out of the woods this week. Well, maybe I've got a chance to get out of the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But see where you're at. Your rut's not going to be until about January. Yeah, that's late. You'll be you'll be good mm-hmm. until about January. You'll want to be in the woods. That's just a. I mean, if if you guys are in Alabama, you know, it's just tough to pin it down. Um, but I keep getting notifications of this time last year, whenever I was posting on Facebook about saw a buck, shot a buck, whatever. Yeah, just cool stuff. I'll get some cool ones tomorrow because I shot my. At that point, it was my biggest my biggest bankhead buck. Yeah. Um, a year ago tomorrow, so I'll get some neat notifications. I'm excited about that. But um, season's been great. It's been a good one for, for me. You. I've had, had a good, good one. Uh, you know, we had a plan to um, to do a different podcast today um, for this episode, but I really wanted to share this story, and because um, because it, it was. It wasn't just one of those setting a tree stand in the right spot, shot a buck. You know, it was a, I really learned something off of this deer, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So you guys who are, who are practicing this stuff, putting it into play, like 
don't get discouraged because you're not seeing a lot of deer. Mm -hmm. I just think you're not going to. But the ones that you do see, they're going to be, they're I believe they're going to be bigger deer, and so um, they're going to be the ones that you're looking for, the ones that you're hunting. And uh, you know this this tactic, this style of hunting is not for um, people who want to see a lot of deer. It's for people who want to see the right deer. Right. And and it worked, man. It worked for me Absolutely. this year. So, dude, bro, it's been great. It's been good to have you on. Uh, I know I spent most of my time just jabbering away. Right. I mean, I love being here and getting to <laughs> it was fun, talk man. hunting with you, man. I appreciate Long time you. listener. <laughs> first time caller? <laughs> first, <laughs> first time interview. <laughs> first time caller, Cody Ray Phillips. Um, dude, I hope you get to get to get out in the woods some. Dude, I hope next story is mine. I hope it is, too. I think that'd be great. This time, two weeks, hope we're talking to you about the big buck you killed and North Alabama. Yeah, buddy. Yes, sir. Hey, guys. You guys remember, um, check out all of our awesome companies that we talk to. Talk about, um, you've heard them on the show. We talk about them all the time. We use them. We believe in them. And that is Tethered, Onyx, New Breed, and Go Wild. Please remember to go check out those companies. (laughs) Cody, you got anything else, bro? Subscribe. Subscribe to the Sportsman's Nation. There are some killer podcast that including Southern Ground um, you've got like Nine Finger Chronicles, you got Landon Legacy you got DIY Sportsman Southern Ground am I missing anybody? So many podcasts there's, there's so many dang podcasts, we have a fishing podcast now What on the Sportsman, yeah dude, a oh, podcast man, just on. about fishing I gotta get on that yeah dude, I, it's, it's crazy I mean, we just keep adding podcasts like crazy and every single one of them is awesome Great content on this feed, on the Western feed. Just you're not gonna you're not gonna be disappointed. So subscribe, to Sportsman Nation, and get a podcast almost every single day of the week. Go subscribe on YouTube to the Sportsman Nation yes. network. We need your subscriptions because we want to see, we want to show you what we do in the woods. Like you, you, you hear our voice all the time. You hear my voice every other week. Like I want you to see like the, the stuff that I'm talking about and uh, and be able to really um, kind of understand and, and put a I guess a, a face with the voice and kind of a scenery to the stories that I'm telling to try to film everything everything I just talked about today is on the Sportsman's Nation YouTube channel so go check that out subscribe to it like the videos share them we do giveaways occasionally so be one of the people that gets to know about those. And uh, yeah, that's all I got on that. On that. Uh, on that. That thing. Thing. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got to say. But uh, um, as always, guys, remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So if you're going to be in a tree stand this weekend, in a ground blind, on a boat, whatever you're doing in the outdoors, make sure you remember to exercise that dominion. Talk to you next time.